3: Southern Miss, to the to that You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, I'm in the First Bank Studio here in Hattiesburg this afternoon. Luke and Kelly are at D1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. D1 Training, D DBAT. Uh, we'll be going down there uh, in a little bit. Ryan Cavanaugh manages D1. We're going to have him on the show today talk about a big kids festival that they're having at the facility later, uh, well, actually over the weekend. And in the last segment of the show, Kelly is going to give us a play-by-play description of Luke Johnson being timed in the 40-yard dash. So uh, we're really looking forward to that. But before we get to that, I want to thank our good friends at Dickie's Barbecue Pit for sponsoring the show as they do every day and encourage you the next time you have a taste for barbecue, make sure it's Dickie's. Jeremy McLean needs no introduction to our listening audience. He's the Athletics Director at the University of Southern Mississippi. Always very gracious about coming on the Eagle Hour. Again, we appreciate uh, your time today, Jeremy.
2: Well, I appreciate the opportunity. I always enjoy the visit.
3: All right, Jeremy, lots to talk about. Obviously, the big topic on everybody's mind right now is college baseball. It's turning out to be a fabulous year for Conference USA. Four teams in the top 25 of every major poll Four teams in the top 25 of the RPI. Now a lot of speculation. Is Conference USA going to get a regional host site? Will there be one? Will there be two? Your your thoughts today about where Conference USA stands in this picture and the best scenario for the league would be what?
2: You know, uh, first of all, I'm thrilled with where we're at as a conference. To, to, to you know, piggyback on your comment there, I've kind of always felt like we were really close to getting to this point on the baseball side. And so just just really excited that, that we're here and, and uh, gaining some attention across the country. Um, you know, I, I definitely think we're a four-bid league, and I think in a good position to do that. Uh, I think in a perfect situation, uh, I mean, a lot of things would have to fall into place, um, but we would get two teams that ha- would have a chance to, to host regionals. Now, uh, that, that that there has to be a lot of things that happen along the way for that to – Be the case, but that would be a perfect situation. And I think with, you know, with multiple teams within striking distance, I still think there's a, you know, an opportunity. Even if it's a, even if the probability is slim, I think there's an opportunity there for that to happen. All
3: right, we know Southern Miss has put in a bid, Louisiana Tech. We understand that Charlotte put in a bid, but perhaps Old Dominion did not. Are we accurate in that assessment? And uh, let's look at Southern Miss. what would be the scenario you see that could possibly, and I say possibly, bring a regional to Hattiesburg?
2: You know, there, there, there's a lot of pieces to that puzzle, so it's hard to say, hey, here's one or two things that could happen. Obviously, I think, you know, we, we would have to continue to win at a high level. And, um, you know, and, and there's some opportunities in front of us over the next uh, nine games or so um, to do that. Um, but we we would have to compete at a very high level and really finish strong. And I think, too, we would need some help in some other areas. I think our challenge becomes, um, you know, if if, if Louisiana Tech is still leading the league and uh, Starkville and Oxford are host sites or potential host sites, then having four sites within that close proximity creates some geographical issues. Um, And so in that scenario, if we were team number four, I think it becomes very difficult. So I think we would need some help. In those areas, uh, something we need to to break loose to, to to kind of open that door for us. But again, I, I do think there's a possibility. I just think it's uh, it's you know it's it's one that we'll um, we'll we'll have to take care of our business and, and maybe hope that we get some help.
3: All right, Luke and Kelly are at D1 Training on Hardy Street. Luke, uh, what do you have for uh, Jeremy McLean?
0: Hey Jeremy, thanks so much for coming on today. I guess this is pertaining to Southern Miss, but as you zoom out, as different teams are bidding for regionals, how much this year will the fifty percent capacity help or hurt a team like Southern Miss? You know, a team like Charlotte with a fifty percent their stadium will only holding like five hundred. Uh, you know, and, and will the NCAA look at you know schools that have hosted previously? That kind of seems to be a plus in our camp.
2: Yeah, I, I think I think all the all the above could come into play uh, you know I don't think they're going to draw a hard line and say from a capacity standpoint you just have zero chance if your capacity is less um, but I do think it could it could be a, a conversation point amongst the committee um, I, but I don't think that that's going to put us in a tough spot um, but, it, but it could create some issues for some people um, you know and then as far as um, you know experience in hosting and I really don't know. You you hear chatter about those things, but I don't know that that's a an a legitimate charge for the committee to be able to award that or or, or lean towards people who have or haven't. Um, so could, can't really answer that.
1: I would say I think that would have minimal impact. Jeremy, this is Kelly Sander. Are you are you confident, uh, regardless of of what committee we're talking about in the NCAA, are you confident that the people who make these decisions really look at these in an unbiased nature that everybody is, has, a, has a fair shot going in?
2: You know, I do. I think I think college baseball is a great, um, you know, it, it, it's an example of some parity across the country where maybe in some other sports we've lost some of that. Um, I think, you know, the, the, com- the committee is, is made up of, of um, you know, administrators and people who are close to the college game across all, you know, divisions across all—excuse me—across all, you know, group of five, power five, mid major, whatever you want to call it, across all conferences. There's a pretty broad um, representation there, so I do think that uh, it's a fair shake, so to speak. I think people take all those things into consideration and try to make the best decision they can. So, yeah, I give them the benefit of the doubt. I know that doesn't happen very often these days, but I do—I do think that uh, they try to get it right
3: all right jeremy two questions regarding southern miss baseball uh, number one what is the ticket availability for the remainder of our games on campus and what will be the ticket availability to southern miss fans for the conference usa tournament
2: yeah i can answer that first one uh, we you know we we are we don't have any restrictions right now on our crowds haven't for really for the past few weekends uh you know, if you show up at the gate, you can buy a ticket at this point, and so we really have, as the years gone on, gotten more comfortable with that, and as as, as the every, each weekend that's gone by, and so we're at a point now where we're we're not turning anyone away, and um, so we have space uh, for people to come out and watch, and I hope they do that this uh, this final weekend, um, and so yeah, so we we really have turned the corner from that standpoint, and then uh, you know as as far as it pertains to what's going to be available to us. We have not gotten that information yet for conference for the conference tournament. We'll 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 obviously be sharing that as soon as we can nail that down and, and get that out to our folks.
3: All right, Luke.
0: Jeremy, um just looking at at, at other sports too it's been a challenge this spring and and, you know soccer came up so so close in the tournament track and field's been knocking it out what what how have you maybe led different or has it been a unique spring since there's been so much going on across southern miss
2: yeah it's been a busy time there's no doubt about it and and, you know i I think the biggest challenge i don't know that we've led different i think the biggest challenge for staff has just been trying to be everywhere right trying to be trying to make sure that that each program had what they needed to compete because it's it's been a spring you know unlike any other and, and maybe hopefully uh, something we'll never have to do again but so I think from our standpoint it's just been trying to um, take our staff and put them in the right places and make sure our coaches and teams um, student athletes are supported the right way I think that's been the biggest challenge and and, and I do I think our staff's done a really good job of that and uh, you know it's hard to believe we're, we're nearing the end now and we just have a few Still competing, but um, you know it's it's been a good spring, and I'm proud of our group being able to do that.
1: A final question, Jeremy, before we head into commercial break. I just This is a philosophical question. With all of these athletes and all these different sports seemingly entering the transfer portal, you used to be able to judge a coach's performance based on their win-loss record, based on experience, and so on and so forth. But with seemingly every team changing personnel every single year, yeah. how are you going to be able to judge how well a coach is doing? Yeah,
2: it definitely has changed the landscape. I think that's a great point, Kelly. It, it, it makes it. I won't say it makes it more difficult. It just you know that that piece of the puzzle these days isn't isn't necessarily an indicator of you know, hey, there may be an issue with this person it It, it sometimes can be, hey, this young person just feels like they want a change of scenery or they want to do something different and so and we're seeing some of that and uh so I think that's something we just have to adapt to and, and i have had that conversation with our coaches, you're going to have to adapt to how you improve how you, you know, what you do on a daily basis and the type of environment you're creating. And and so it, it, it's an adaption for all of us. And so it's an adaption for me when you start talking about, you know, um, the amount of turnover you may have in certain places. it's uh, There's going to be some of that that's going to be expected.
3: We're talking to Jeremy McLean, Athletics Director at the University of Southern Mississippi from the First Bank Studio here in Hattiesburg. The guys are at D1 Training down on Hardy Street. We're going to continue our conversation with Jeremy on the other side of the break. Then we're going to have Ryan Cavanaugh from D1 on the show. And then in the last segment, we're going to do the play-by-play live of Luke Johnson putting on a display of his athletic talents by being timed in a 40-yard dash at D1 Training. So don't go anywhere. Jeremy McClain returns on the Eagle Hour right on the other side of this very short break. To the top, top. you're tuned in
0: to the Eagle Hour.
3: Hey, welcome back. Eagle Hour is live today at D1 Training and D-Bat on Hardy Street. We'll be going there shortly to talk to Ryan Cavanaugh. Catherine may be around. She manages D-Bat, and, of course, Luke Johnson will be uh, running the 40-yard dash live here on the Eagle Hour. This segment is sponsored by our good friends at Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net, and we encourage you to shop with them the next time and every time uh, you're in the market for Southern Miss Apparel, they've just got a fantastic selection. Kathleen is a wonderful lady, and uh, you'll get first top service at Campus Bookmark and CampusBookmart.net. We continue our conversation with Athletics Director Jeremy McLean. Jerry, I'm going to ask you one more baseball question, and then I'm going to switch yep. gears a little bit. Uh, we talk to almost every Conference USA baseball coach on this show. There are a couple that won't come on the radio, but for the most part, they're all very open Right. and willing to talk. And we have not talked to a single coach, Jeremy, that likes this four-game weekend set that Conference USA has imposed. Are we yeah. going to see this end after this season?
2: You know, I think that's a, that's an ongoing debate. Um, and so, I, to be determined. I don't think, uh, obviously, what you just said is really really important. I don't think, I think the coaches knew it was going to be a challenge, um, we did this for obvious reasons as far as number of games and getting, getting through COVID. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll see. There's some discussion we have to have during our spring meetings coming up. But uh, I think the fact that the coaches are really having a hard time with it is going is to weigh heavily.
3: Can you share your thoughts about it as an athletic director? What do you think about it?
2: Um, a little bit torn. I, and, I, and I probably, you know, part of that is the fact that we have a deep pitching staff, <laughs> so we're, we're in a little bit different spot. Um, but I think it's a lot in one weekend. I think it's a lot to ask of, of, of athletes um, to, to, to go through that over a weekend. Uh, now, the flip side of that is I do think playing fewer midweek games is not a bad thing. Um, I think just academically and, 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 and just kind of the travel piece, I think there's advantages to, to limiting those midweek games. But um, but I do think four in a weekend is really tough.
3: I got you. All right, Jeremy, uh, softball. Uh, an unusual number of kids in the transfer portal, and we could do a whole other show with you on the transfer portal and how that's <laughs> affecting uh, collegiate athletics. But is there anything you can share with the listening audience uh, in regard to what seems to be taking place in the softball program?
2: Yeah, I probably can't share a lot, Bob. But, you know, I'll just say that um, – you know, we're, we're pay, paying attention to that and understand. You know, there's some challenges there, and we're trying to work through that. So, you know, the only way I know to do that is to visit with many, as many people as possible involved with the program. So, we're, we're doing that now, and we'll do that at the end of the season. So, um, and then we'll just, you know, work through that and, and determine, you know, the right steps to continue to get better. So, um, but, but well aware that you know there's some challenges there right now, and, and uh, we're going to work uh, as hard as we can to
3: to uh to get better all right fair enough luke
0: i guess i'll just ask you as a courtesy jeremy because you're such a such a well-respected former athlete uh what do i need to do to get ready for this 40 here in a little bit
2: (laughs) uh stretch really well that's that's number one and the only other thing i ask of you is make sure somebody's recording it video get some video (laughs) recording in there because i think we all want to make sure we we don't just hear the play-by-play we want to see the action so Right. best of luck with that
0: <laughs> well we, we uh, i think we've got AAA on standby and, and ryan has some <laughs> ice for us here at D one um hey we had not had you on really i think since uh since football wrapped up uh you're feeling overall with with spring and and a uh, man it just seems like everybody is so excited getting ready to head into the will hall air
2: yeah really pleased uh, and i think you guys heard me say that several times just just pleased with kind of how our guys have bought in and and our coaching staff done an excellent job of making that connection um and 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 just really brought a lot of positive energy um to the to the building and to the campus uh from strength coach to head coach all the way through uh I think it's a group of of of, of guys that are really locked in to creating positive energy and and momentum and I think everyone can feel that and that's exciting for me It's, it's you know, you see it in season ticket sales and things like that. It's, 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 uh, you know, we're headed in the right direction. So, really pleased with where we're at. And, uh, kind of joke with Coach Hall every once in a while that you need to take advantage of this honeymoon period because you haven't lost a game yet. So, um, you know, <laughs> right, but, that's uh, exactly we, we, right. <laughs> it's, uh, but, you know, genuine excitement and, uh, just really thrilled with what we've seen up to this
3: point. Right. He's undefeated right so now. You'll
1: be glad. Gu- <laughs> Yeah, and you'll be glad to know, Jeremy, I've told him firsthand that we're with him, win or tie. Yeah, exactly. Um, He's been doing this and, long enough. Yeah, he knows how it goes. <laughs> I, I, I always seem to be asking about money because I'm a money guy, and I understand how money makes the world go around. Uh, the National Football League announced yesterday that starting in the 2022 season that Thursday night games will be available only on a subscription service prime video if you're a member of amazon prime with the limited number of financial resources now that colleges seem to have is it a realistic possibility that in the near future all college teams may have some type of as a way of generating revenue may go to a pay-per-view type of service for any sport even southern miss for example
2: man that is a loaded question um but i'm happy to answer it the best i can I think we're going to see some shifts and changes. I do not think if you're if you're talking about a subscription-based uh, viewing service where each school or each conference runs their own, no, I do not think that's going to be the case. I don't think there's many places that can pull that off. Uh, we see it done in the FCC with with SEC TV, but 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 there's not many places that can do that. And so what may happen is that um, our television partners, the CBS's and the ESPNs and the Foxes, they may tend to move in that direction, which is what we're seeing with the NFL. But I don't think those things are going to happen from a standpoint of on campuses and in conferences because the return on that investment just isn't what you think it would be. And so, um, but we may see that in a, in a bigger media uh, contract, a big, bigger TV agreement where some of that may be subscription based.
1: So with you and your your colleagues, where where do you go then for, for other financial resources as money tends to, to get tighter and tighter?
2: Yeah, well, I think that's been the challenge, Kelly. I mean, it, it continues to be the challenge. We will be revisiting our yeah. television piece, and, and I think those are questions that we're trying to to ask now and get prepared for that. Hey, how, what's the best way we can do this? How do we maximize those dollars? Who's willing to go to the plate and... and and do those things, and so um, so that 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 is a huge question for us right now, and and definitely the the renegotiation of the TV media rights is going to be a big one for us.
3: All right, Jeremy, I want everybody to know that listens to this show online and around the state on Super Talk stations that you have never turned down a request to come on the show. You've never refused to answer any question that we had in mind, and uh, <clears throat> as I told you off air, your openness is refreshing, and I think. I think we see it throughout the athletic program since you came to Southern Miss. I think it's important for our fan base to know uh, that that's the kind of leader you are. And uh, as always, I want to thank you very much for coming on the show and ask you if there's any message you'd like to deliver to the Golden Eagle Nation before we let you go.
2: Yeah, I appreciate that, Bob. I really do. And, and you know, I think I think to piggyback on that, I, you know, we want to be open. We want to, people to feel connected with what's happening this has been an unbelievably difficult year to do that, just because of COVID, and you know, being able to just gather in groups. We're finally getting to do some of those things, and so it's been a tough year and a challenging year. But we want to be open. We want to try to, you know, have opportunities for people to feel connected and and, and feel ownership and in, in what's happening here. And, and what I would say is that I, I really believe we're headed in a positive direction, and uh, we're going to be able to, to to build on some of the things that have happened during difficult year. I mean. Whether it be with our football program or some other sports that we've shown some improvement, we are going to be able to stack good year on good year uh, and really get some momentum going. So I ask everybody to continue to support that. And I think we look up in a few years and things are going to look very different for us.
3: All right, Jeremy, as always, thanks so much for your time.
2: Appreciate you
3: guys. All right, Jeremy McLean, everybody, athletics director. University of Southern Mississippi, really open guy, really willing to come on and and answer any question. And uh, that's not always the case in this business, so we're grateful for that. All right, uh, Luke Johnson, southeast Louisiana in town tonight. Uh, That's a team that's 25-15. and You heard what Jeremy said about the Golden Eagles need to continue to win at a high level. Tough midweek challenge tonight, I think.
0: Yeah, they're a top 100 RPI team, and, and Southern Miss probably do Johnny Holstaff tonight. Waldrop's going to start. Just uh, advice to the Golden Eagles, they need to hit better than I did at the batting cages at D-Bat just a minute ago. Bob, I got three rounds in, and uh, I'm, I'm sure Sergeant and uh, and and Montenegro and company, they will do much better. But, yeah, you got to – on offensively, we have not seen offense out of midweek games, uh, other really than the Alabama game this year. So Southern Miss got to do much better offensively. Yeah, this is
3: good ball club. Had,
1: you have a – yeah, you have a southeastern Louisiana team, Bob, that finished second in the Southland. Right. Um, and right. again, there's a lot of Miss, a lot of Mississippi flavor there too. They're, the head coach is from Yoon and uh, Matt Reiser, and he's he's kind of a riser in the in the college baseball ranks too as a coach. So um, a lot of Mississippi guys coming in here.
3: No question. Big ball game so tonight. Last Hammond. last midweek game of the season. Uh, in case you want to catch something uh, on a Wednesday night. All right, when we come back, Ryan Cavanaugh is going to join us. He's the manager of D1 Training. The guys are down there today. We're thrilled to be there. It's a state-of-the-art facility and a big supporter of the Eagle Hour, so it's our pleasure to be there. And then Kelly's going to get his play-by-play self organized and give us a play-by-play, blow-by-blow description. It could take a while, of uh, Luke Johnson being timed in the 40-yard dash. So more from D1 Training as the Eagle Hour is on the road right after this. miss to the top
0: we are live at d-bat and d1 training on hardy street in hattiesburg luke johnson kelly sanner brandon producing for us today bob in the first bank studios out in Hattiesburg, so happy to have you joining us on the Eagle Hour today. Thankful, as always, to the always honest, dependable, transparent, great leader, Jeremy McLean, the athletic director for the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. Always appreciate uh, his time. We are live at DBAT and D1 Training, and, uh, of course, they sponsor a segment on the Eagle Hour every single day. Happy to be out here today. And uh, we're joined now with Ryan Cavadall and Catherine uh, Maloney from uh, DBAT and D1. Hey, guys, thanks for hosting us today.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having us.
5: We're very glad you're here.
0: I went over um, Catherine to DBAT, and I got uh, some, some rounds in, and I have not done that in two years. And since before two years, I had not done that in 15 years. So I did make contact. Happy to say that. But what a fabulous facility! Uh, we'll, we'll talk in, in, uh, and 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 I'm about to put the headphones down in just a second because I got to go stretch before I pull a hamstring when Ryan Towns me in the forty. Uh, but but tell us, uh, this is an absolute gorgeous facility, DBAT, next door.
5: Thank you very much. We're very proud of it. Um, what do you want to know? I was hitting
0: and not when when you go to different. Uh, batting cages, sometimes you have like a, this is a softball and this is a baseball. Like, you got options. Like, you can go in there and hit softball and then turn around and hit baseball in the same cage.
5: Yes, so we have four cages, um, and they have the Fungo Man Pitch Machines, which will throw baseballs, fast-pitch softball, and slow-pitch softball, and you get... You just buy credits for it. You go back there, and every... Uh, 15 balls you can switch your settings so you can go from slow pitch to fast pitch to baseball whatever you want to do
0: you can work on low you can work on middle it asked me if i wanted to hit high i should have done that i'd probably make make and and
5: we'll do a uh, curveball breaking ball so
0: yeah it's great stuff on this side ryan cavanaugh d1 training premier 70 yard indoor turf facility nothing like this anywhere
4: absolutely not i know we're here to help the athletes whether it's um elementary all the way to college uh, perform and get better we're here to motivate and inspire athletes of all ages um adults included uh we've got a premier facility uh 75 yards of turf uh high equipment weight room the highest quality equipment
1: you can find what is the square footage in here you guys for the total building yes it's just a little over 20,000. Catherine.
5: sounds right yeah
1: 20, square feet that's uh that's something
0: kelly i'm gonna go get motivated i'm gonna stretch so that i don't pull a hamstring it's all okay yours.
1: all right all right you got it as we continue to talk here at d1 the the machines that they were talking about at d bat are are so uh precise not only do you will they feed you a slow pitch pitch but it comes—it comes along with the, with beer, is with it, you know, uh, like like any soft, slow pitch softball player would usually have about twelve on. of those. You that
5: know. that would make it perfect for our slow pitch people.
1: Yeah, we'll but think it, about that. So tell us about when—when um, when did uh, this type of training come in vogue? Because when I was a kid, nothing like this ever existed for for kids.
4: D1 as a whole, um, as far as this facility, didn't has been here for about a year. Um, but D1 as a company has been around for about 15 to 20 years. Um, the actually funny story, so Peyton Manning, his college roommate, William Bartholomew, he was the one who created the, the business about... Uh, wanting to have a, a place like this, like none other, um, that can help high school athletes get to that college level and beyond, professional level, uh, work with professional athletes, have uh, a, a space for them to come to train, have that exclusivity um, where they have the coaches that are qualified that can you know continue to train them, keep them disciplined, keep them, keep them moving, keep them going, and continue to get better and get stronger.
1: And Ryan, you're a sports management guy from Southern Miss. Yes, sir, absolutely. Proud to be. So how did you pick Southern Miss out of all the places that you, that you could have gone? You know, I know you lived in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. You've kind of been all over. Why Southern Miss?
4: You know, I bounced around some. Like you kind of mentioned, uh, I found home on the, on the Gulf Coast, and um, I knew it was time for me to finish my degree, and I really went to none other than, of course, than, than Southern Miss. They have a phenomenal business program. Um, I've really enjoyed my time there. Um, you know, I sought the, the well-qualified um, professors there, Um, from the Gulf Coast and transferred here to Hattiesburg to continue my education and looking forward to going beyond, you know, graduate program, everything like that. I've really enjoyed my time, learned a lot, and uh, hoping to transition to this, everything in D1 and everything
1: beyond. Now, if you want to just get your cuts in, there's obviously availability at, at DBAT, the training on D1 on the other side. But, Captain, if people have a specific thing they want to improve upon, if a young lady wants to get better at pitching softball or, conversely, a young man wants to learn you know, proper mechanics on pitching. Little League these days, they just don't practice enough as a team to be able to get that detailed instruction. You offer that as well. Fill in some of those blanks.
5: Yes. So right now we currently have 10 um, instructors that do baseball, softball, some both, some just baseball, softball, but we do specifics too. We have a pitching instructor, Kaylin Ladner. Um, she For softball? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, And then, you know, we have catching instructors, hitting instructors, and we have a wide range of, um, like, skill levels and ages that come in. we have some that are five years old coming in, just getting started, learning fundamentals. But then we have, you know, college and high school that are just trying to fine-tune and get some pointers and stuff from our instructors.
1: And among those instructors are Antoine Gray, who prepped at uh, Oak Grove High School. In fact, he's the all-time home run leader at Oak Grove High School went on to play at uh, Southern of Baton Rouge. Turner Swistack is a pitching instructor. Turner graduated at Oak Grove, now on that tremendous staff at Pearl River. So it's not, these aren't just the people that are just hanging around. These are people they had to be skilled, qualified and proven in some of the things that they're teaching us. Oh, for sure.
5: Yeah, all of our instructors have at least played at the college level. Um, a lot of the baseball guys have played minor league and and major league. So they, um, they really know their stuff. Um, Constance Quinn is another one. She, she, she trains. went to Oak Grove, yeah. She's from Oak Grove, played at LSU, um, and she trains on the D1 side as well, so she kind of does double time for both of us.
1: Now, I want to talk about the summer camps uh, that are that are coming up. You know, school is about ready to let out, you know, at the end of the month of, of May. Of course, this year, most a lot of the kids are going back in July, but you guys have got things going on in June and July just prior to school starting where kids won't lose a step
5: that's right. right we've got um five summer camps coming up three in june two in july um they'll range from three day to all to five day camps um for ages six to 13 and um you can come for just one day you can come for all the days it's just kind of up to you but they'll be all aspects camp so we'll work on fielding hitting throwing pitching you know speed agility all of it um and also make it a lot of fun for the kids so
1: the speed and agility part ryan is, is where a lot of people neglect that they really shouldn't
4: yeah absolutely you know talking on the baseball side softball side getting around the, around the bases you know catching a field ball anything like that um, that's our specialty over here is working that explosive explosiveness that speed that agility like you're like you're mentioning there i um, to kind of touch base with her uh, having some camps coming up we actually have a uh, kids fest coming up here this weekend a um, lot of local vendors coming in um, food trucks giveaways a lot of fun bring the family um, put the kids through some workouts. Going kind to of see what we have to offer, um, and then again to follow up in July, we do have a, a high school combine coming up as well. So again, test those kids uh, who want to you know, go on to professional ball, maybe college ball. Um, help bring them in and, and see what they got.
1: Now you come from a bodybuilding background, as do I, <laughs> uh, and uh,
3: <laughs> come on, I joked
1: that I was in a body. <laughs> I was in a bodybuilding show and won most abs. Um, But one of of the questions that lots of times I'm sure a trainer like you uh, gets, Ryan, is at what age generally is a good age for kids transitioning to adulthood to start weight training?
4: Uh, really, there's not a limitation, I would say, as long as we're not talking infancy here. <laughs> uh, kids can start. We, we start our athletes at age of 7, um, so they go from age of 7 to 11 in, in our youngest class. Um, obviously, you want to make sure they're being um, a- analyzed, make sure we're checking on them, make sure they're being safe. Um, but as far as incorporating weight training and everything, I, I would recommend waiting until maybe teenage years, um, just so it's safe, That's so they can continue, continue to grow. Um, but also have uh, some good motor pattern, motor patterns established first before they jump in and weights.
1: Yeah, that's always been the big question because obviously people make that transition at different ages. Right. Some right. might at 11 and sometimes it takes to 15 or 16, so there is no magic age to get started weight training.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And, and nowadays you see kids who are 11 or 12 look like they're 17, 18. So mm-hmm. just they're they're developing well beyond their years. Um, and so it's really it is kind of up to the coach, to the qualified individual to to gauge and see where they're at and see if it's safe for them to train, but the teenage years, roughly, is a good and good start.
1: And Bob Getty, I know you're back in the studio. Are you, are you impressed when I talk about the fact that there are fast twitch muscles and slow twitch muscles? Right, Frank?
3: I, I wasn't. Yeah, aw- yeah. I, I wasn't aware you knew anything about muscles of any kind, Kelly. Just, just based on my knowledge of you.
1: <laughs> I'm much more of an authority on the slow twitch muscles. But I, I think anyway, kind you of itch-
3: eat muscles, do you not, when you go to the coast? And that would be about the extent of your knowledge. I do. Okay. All right.
1: But those are two S's. There's no C in that in that muscle. Catherine,
3: I bet but you can look at him. And, I bet you can look at him and tell what I'm talking about, can't you?
5: He looks great to me.
3: Oh,
1: <laughs> he's being bashful. What a, what a great answer! Yeah, well, uh, I'm telling you. She's already. She's already married, Bob. I have no chance. I told somebody the only chance I have with a girl is if she's Catholic during Lent. That's, 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 that's the only time I ever have ever, a ever shot. All right. All so right. how can people find out more about the camps and things that are going on, not only this weekend, but uh, over the summer? Uh, starting over here
4: at D1, you know, they can reach out to us um, via phone call. Check out our website. We've got all, a lot of information on, on the website. Um, best thing to do is give us a phone call, touch base with us, come and see us. Uh, there is no registration for the uh, the event coming up this weekend for the Kids Fest. Welcome to come in, show up, and just have fun with the family.
1: And there's memberships, too, you guys. You can become a member at D1 or uh, at DBAT, where you can just kind of come and go as you please, so to speak, and get your workouts in, and it's it's beautifully located right off of i-59 so if you're coming in from out of town it's it's very easy to get to d1 and d bad on the other side of the commercial break luke johnson will run the 40 yard dash we will give you the play-by-play we might even have video of him being loaded into the ambulance which we can guarantee (laughs) is going to happen back in a moment
3: Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, we're glad you're with us this afternoon on the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty from the First Bank Studio here in Hattiesburg. Luke and Kelly are down at D1 Training, as you know. And uh, we're getting ready to time Luke at the 40-yard dash. But one quick reminder before we move on to that. Southern Miss baseball, last midweek game of the season. 19th-ranked Southern Miss taking on Southeastern Louisiana. First pitch tonight at six o'clock, uh, southeastern Louisiana, twenty five and fifteen. So a very competitive uh, baseball team that's coming in here tonight to uh play the nationally ranked Golden Eagles. First pitch is set for six o'clock. Wanna thank Jeremy McClain, the athletics director for the university, of course, for being on the Eagle Hour today and answering so many questions and being so open about any question that we uh wanted to pose to him. He he never asked what the questions are gonna be advanced and uh we know that he's going to answer every question that we throw his way, so we're always grateful to Jeremy McLean. All right, we're at the, as you know, we're at the D1 training and D-Bat down on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, and uh, Ryan Cavanaugh and Catherine Maloney are down there right now with Kelly Sander. Luke is over on the artificial turf. And getting ready to be timed officially in a forty-yard dash. Hey, Getty, so I'm gonna you yes. Ready for this? I'm waiting on you, brother. I'm, I'm about you ready, ready for this. Getty, I'm ready. And uh, so let me let me turn over the, the play by was, play. Was
0: more intense than the forty will be.
1: So
3: I'm sure. Here we go. I'm gonna put it down. Kelly takes over. All right, take it over, Kelly. Okay,
1: Ryan Kavanaugh is over. I have from D1 Luke Johnson out of West Jones High School. If you can uh, picture like you're like you're in Indianapolis at the NFL Combine, Luke now taking his position at the starting line. Coach Barron is over there to his right, and Ryan here to the left. He is down in his four point stance, and he's off. He's off, going full speed. And man, is it a thing of well, let me just say this: you've never seen anything <laughs> like it, folks. You have never seen anything like it we will have a time here quickly we are waiting for the soviet judge to Five, five, to eight. five point two eight seconds wow i gotta tell you look i i i lost because i bet the over i bet the six was the number and i bet the over five two eight he's so he's so confident now bob he wants to run it again
3: he is he going to is do, he it do, one do it more again? Time. He do, can he actually do eighty yards in the same day, Kelly? That would be the question.
1: Well, the, well, he's going to—he's going lining up again. Right, let's the, do it one
3: more time. See if we can morning. break five, okay, we break five seconds.
1: Well, he—he he, uh, Bob says under five, Luke. He wants under five seconds this time. So, man, and you talk about a guy hauling. You know what? For me, it'd take two trips. But there he goes. He's off and running again, folks. Those knees are only about halfway as high as they should go. The britches are about halfway further down than they should go. <laughs> <laughs> what? Five one, Bob. Oh, Five, he's one Flat.
3: H- hang on, yes, hang on indeed. one second, Kelly. Hang on, the phone is ringing. The phones are blowing yeah. up, Kelly. We have the we have the New England Patriots on the phone. We have the New York Jets and the New Orleans Saints all wanting to talk to Luke after hearing that he broke close to five seconds in the 40-yard dash.
1: Well, we've got a scoop here, Luke Johnson. Bob Getty is reporting from the studio that the Patriots, Jets, and Saints are all on the phone inquiring about your availability for the upcoming season. They didn't say what position, Uh, you know.
3: Can can you bring the athlete over to the – oh, my God, it sounds terrible. (laughs) Oh, man, it just sounds awful. He's sweating like a
0: stuck pig right now. (laughs) Our goal, our Eagle Hour goal was a 6-2. I don't know how that happened. 5-1, is that right, Luke? Luke, isn't that what you ran in college? Isn't
3: that what you ran in college? You hadn't lost a thing, brother.
0: I ran a laser, I think I was a 4-9 or 5-flat, so...
1: 30 wow. 40 50 pounds later Well, Bob wow. let me say this he might not have lost anything from college but he sure has gained a little bit <laughs> <laughs> <from> college.
3: knowledge <laughs> right Kelly that's what you're talking about yes. right Ryan. Knowledge, thanks for Gary. making that
1: happen man thank you for making that happen what yes. about
4: what about his technique all right oh it was solid quick off the line you know i think uh, the mass really helped him move uh, a lot quicker <laughs> down, the, down the line <laughs> this is really important people need to know that you
0: guys have laser 40s in here
4: yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we offer it all here at D1. Uh, training, speed speed work, explosiveness, anything you name it, we got it.
1: So, if mass actually helps, I ought to beat Ben Johnson in a sprint. Right. You know, uh, we'll get you here next time.
3: We right, got to get right. you prepped. Uh, how how's he taking the oxygen? Is it going down well, Kelly?
1: My <laughs> well, he's he's so you should, he's beaming ear to ear, Bob. He's so proud of himself. I really
0: wow. I really thought I was going to be 6 plus. I really thought that. <laughs>
1: Now he's dehydrated. Now, like I said, The fourth
0: segment of Eagle Hour brought to you every day by D Bat D One Training, home of the Luke Johnson Five Two Forty. Listen to it. Now we got to
1: get we got to get Baron over here. Baron, come here real quick. We got to get now. Baron was the man that was responsible for getting him ready for this encounter. So in the stretching process...
0: Yeah, you got me right. You got me right in the
1: stretches. So let's talk... Yeah, Barron, just tell me how... Was you was you ready mentally and physically? It was your job to get him ready.
3: Oh, yeah. Mentally, I mean, this guy came through the door locked in. You, you could see it on his face. He was ready to run. We got him stretched out, got him loosened up. I mean, he was feeling fast, and we ran fast.
1: No, he was locked no, in no. because he remembered Mr. Gaddy's used to be here. That's exactly That's right. right.
3: And, uh, he, he thought there were going to be some sub sandwiches down there. That's what he was locked in on, right, Kelly? <laughs> All right. We want to thank yeah, Ryan. Ha- go ahead.
1: <laughs> now, just to say, we've had a good time and, wa- and want to thank no Robert, question. Ryan and Want Panther to thank
3: for us. Uh, Ryan Cavanaugh and Catherine Maloney for having us down uh, D1 Dbat uh, If you got an athlete in your family, that's certainly where you need to go. And we appreciate. They very can much do wonders,
0: Bob Getty. I'm living I, testimony. I, I, they I believe can do you, wonders.
3: brother. I believe you. All right, Patrick McGee for the Biloxi Sun Herald, and Kelly with an esports. Believe it or not, an esports interview. Tomorrow on the Eagle Hour. So for now and from D one and D bat, Southern Miss
5: To the Top.
0: A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.